Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosher of Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. You can also listen to him on his show, the How About Them podcast, as well as the Blogging the Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing tonight, sir? Uh, you know, nice, nice, quiet week of uh, no Cowboys news. So uh, <laughs> I'm relaxed and, you know, had a, had a little week off. Of, you know, just nothing to worry about. No, yeah, so I'm tired. We we were go- <laughs> we were gonna do like a wrap up show of all the stuff that went on with the bye week, but it's just so tiresome. I don't want to do it. I, I want to talk about other stuff. Is that okay with you? Yeah, I mean, I think I, honestly, I, I think it's probably just as useful <laughs> to just to kind right. of like it's a, just roll it into the update of where the franchise is, as opposed to just harping on everything. Yeah, and this this episode, we're going to call it the State of the Franchise. This Tuesday edition of the Locked On Cowboys podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag. So we're going to talk about some of the big picture items with the Cowboys. And uh, we'll, we'll continue to update you guys on Ezekiel Elliott. I know a lot of people have asked me what's going on. Uh, we'll give you guys updates as we hear. Just make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. And we'll do our best to – I mean, neither of us are legal people, but we're going to try our best to inform you guys of what's going on. Maybe yeah. you are, but I'm not. No, 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 but, no. <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and start with this very simple question. Uh, the Cowboys kind of have got off to a rough start this year. They're 2-3, and three, heading into week 7 now, right? Yeah, week 7. Yes. Um, are you concerned about the Cowboys long-term and the direction they're heading, or do you think things are going to be okay for the Cowboys? Just a real simple question to get us started. I, I, I am not concerned about the Cowboys long-term. I might be more concerned about the Cowboys in the immediate short-term. But uh, no, I am not concerned about the Cowboys in the long-term at all. All right, so what makes you so confident that this team can – in the long run, beat some of those, you know, the better teams, you know, your Seattle's and your New England's and the Packers when they have Aaron Rodgers. Because right now, as we stand in the, I don't know what year we are with Jason Garrett, I'm just not convinced that they have built the right roster to compete with those kind of teams. Uh, what makes you confident that they can be a Super Bowl contender year in and year out? Well, I, don't, I mean, I, I think that. Most teams, when they start the season, can be you know called Super Bowl contenders because I think it's a it's a crapshoot most of the time, and I think it's most it's an eight and eight league. I, I think that that's I think that's the reality is that is that you know is that any week any given Sunday any team can match up well against any other team, uh, you know, based on any number of of variables, and I think that the, those variables include scheme variants. They can they include injuries, and I think. A lot of the NFL, uh, just because of 
roster limitations because of how physical and, and the game is nowadays is about attrition, is about surviving the NFL. And I think that the scheme structure based with and combined with the philosophy of how they do things uh, at the star, to me, uh, contribute to that a, the best kind of possible environment to to maintain success, uh, uh, you know, or at least try to maintain ta- maintain success uh, for a matter of time. I, I think that you know, look, we're five. I mean, we're weighing this five games, first five games of the season versus the the whole brunt of the twenty sixteen season, and 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 pretending like they have equal weight or they're equal you know distance, and it's not that's not the case. Like I, I just think that I think that the even though there are there could be dips in you know in the in the in the roller coaster. If you watch, you know, stock markets, it's not always just a perfect up and down, like a sine wave, you know, you can have a trend upwards and have a setback and then still be continuing upwards and in, in, in a la- larger trend. I think the problem is, is that we get myopic into the season, you know, week to week, because that's how you survive is week to week. And then we think that that is a larger comment on the, on the overall, you know, I guess fate of the team, uh, you know, when you look at it from like a ten thousand foot view or a five year view or however you want to view it, you know. And I think I think that, you know we we go into the bye week, you know, after losing a, a tough game, and 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 you know, of course, everyone's going to be fatalistic about the whole situation. So my question is though, and I've mentioned this a lot of times, but the Cowboys seem to roller coaster a little bit under Jason Garrett. It seems like they'll be up one year and they'll be down another, and a lot of that is due to injury, of course. I mean, the Romo injury in 2015 killed them. Uh, but how do some of these other teams, such as the Patriots and the Steelers and the Packers and the Seahawks, how do they? How are they able to stay at you know that 10 win pace every single year, where the Cowboys just kind of seem to be up and down? Is there something that the Cowboys are missing? Is it an organizational thing, or is it just dumb luck that they can't continue to be you know a successful season or a successful team? Year in and year out. I think I remembered reading somewhere. God, wish God, I wish I could remember where that was. That that like in the number of of games that that the the Packers had lost. Uh, uh, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, like 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 you know, in, in the span of Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre being their starting quarterbacks, I think they had. I like, did see that today. What was it like? Like it was like ten games. Yeah, over 10 the, or 12 or something like that. Over the yeah. span of their entire, both of theirs, entire career. That is ridiculous. So that, I think you could say, has a lot to do with dumb luck. I mean, I think Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers are extreme tough guys, and that has a lot to do with it. But, you know, I think Tony Romo's a pretty tough guy and i think he's as far as tough guys go in the conversation with those guys but tony romo still had to miss games because you know of the the extremely limiting nature of his injury so you know i think and along those lines if you go and look at jason garrett's record whenever he's had dak prescott and tony romo again I probably shouldn't bring this up without knowing the, the actual numbers off the top of my head, and I apologize for that. But I would no, encu- but it's good. It's I would, good. I would, I would it's, encourage, that's a very fair point. I would encourage my listeners to go look it up because I know for a fact 
that Jason Garrett's record when he has his starting quarterback is extremely good. So, um, you know, I think that I think that we, you know, again, we get a, a, a pretty fatalistic when things aren't going the way that we think. We had high expectations for this team. We're only, you know, we're it's, we're going into week seven of the season, but the Cowboys have only played five games, and so, you know, I think that what we've seen the last two games, especially with you know, in relation to what our offense has done, has been positive. I think we're we're starting to make steps towards getting back to where they were, and I think that the the where we are as a defense. I'm sorry, but it's kind of expected. I mean, like, look, we were going through a huge changeover, uh, you know, in major parts of our defense at this point that was extremely accelerated by the fact that we had had injury and the fact that a lot of these players that are playing amazingly didn't have very much time in, in training camp but somehow are being thrown out there and succeeding and asking to start despite the fact that they're going against – you know, a guy, the likes of Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and a Rams team that, you know, is was is a lot better than uh, everyone thought it was. So, I mean, offensively, specifically. Um, so I think that, again, you know, like where we are, I think people forget that this is a, a living, breathing thing and that, uh, you know, not literally, but I think as the season right. goes, it won't look exactly the same as it does right now. P- players will get better. Uh, you know, players may get worse. Players will get injured, and that goes across the league. So the, the picture is constantly changing. So the I think the, the 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 fatal flaw that people have, and I think it was the fatal flaw that this team specifically had for a long time, is that when things go poorly for them, they overreact and overcompensate, mm. and then overadjust, and then suddenly you're changing head coaches all the time, and you're changing schemes all the time, and then now. Your, sc- your scouts don't know what this current coach is looking for. You're trying to install a system, and you're trying to get that system right, and that usually takes a, a, it's snowballs. a, it's a year process. And, and when you yep. constantly change it, you're starting over every single time. And, and, and it's just a, a thing that it's not worth it. And this is not so much of a strike against Jason Garrett's like head coachdom that 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 this should even be entering the lexicon that this is re- a ridiculous conversation about about uh, that was brought up on, you know on twitter about whether or not no, we're going to get there no, I, we're, we're going to get there let's get there because it's a ridiculous okay. conversation that we're having about Jason Garrett's head the guy was the coach of the year last year we were we spent all off season talking about how inc- what the incredible job Jason did with his staff in taking a rookie quarterback and assimilating his skill set into the offensive game plan of, 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 of what was going on. Then we spent all offseason talking about the difficulties the Cowboys were going to have replacing the, the, mem- the, the, the new members of the offensive line, you know, the talking, the talking about how the early uh, growing pains that this defense may experience because they're having experiencing so much turnover in the back end, and no one heard that part. You know, no one heard the, the the adjustment the adjustment of the ex- expectations, and so everyone had their their levels of it. It needs to be right where it was when we left off the playoffs, or it's nothing. And that's just that's just not how you build towards being a better football team. You need to be constantly changing and growing because that that's how the NFL is now. Is that you you constantly have to be improving yourself, even if that means taking a step back to get younger and and. 
and uh, potentially better in the long run, then you do that. And and right now the Cowboys are experiencing growing pains on a couple different spots on on their team, but that doesn't mean that the team is bad. I, I, and I think that's where people are misinterpreting what's going on. All right, so my next question was going to be, uh, what is the biggest weakness of this Cowboys team heading into the future? And I was going to let you give your response, and I still will, but I'll go ahead and no, give you please. mine right yeah, now. Yeah, I talked a lot. You, 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 you no, that's me. all right. So, so I, I get – see, I, I'm sitting so much on the fence with this. And so I think coaching might be their biggest weakness in the next few years. And now let me, let me say the reason why before you, you get all upset. I don't think it's a problem. But I also don't think that their coaching staff is – I don't think they have a, a single coach that you would consider at the top five of their position. I, I don't think – I mean I don't think you're going to consider Jason Garrett a top five coach. I don't think you're going to consider Scott Linehan as a top five uh, offense coordinator and so on and so forth. So the problem is I just don't see the coaching staff giving you a huge advantage on game day. And the problem is – you're kind of stuck in limbo because Jason Garrett and the coaching staff is too good to fire, but they're probably not good enough to get you past, uh, you know, a Bill Belichick or a Pete Carroll consistently, at least. I mean, maybe you can beat them once in a while, but over you know five, six years, I just not, I'm not sure that they're going to be able to give you that advantage week in and week out. Now. The problem is it's not like you can just go in the street, pay a bunch of money for a new head coach and assume that they're going to be better like you can at defensive end in free agency. It just doesn't work like that. Um, stability is absolutely important. And I I like a lot of what Jason Garrett does, but I just don't think he gives you enough of an advantage week in and week out. So that, that means that you rely a lot on to having to draft better than every other team. How, hoping your talent is better than every other team, and especially some of those better teams. So I'm, I, if you ask me right now, should the Cowboys fire Jason Garrett? I'd say no. But I, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of stuck here because I, I just don't know what is the answer to get the Cowboys past this kind of second round failure that they're at. They they just can't seem to get over the hump with Jason Garrett. Is it? Is it the players' fault? Is it the coaching staff's fault? Is it the organizational fault? I don't know. So maybe, maybe I, you have a response or rebuttal to that. They can help me out a little bit. I mean, I do because I think that it's it's a false narrative, like I, that they can't get past some imaginary. Um, I mean, this team is different. This this is a different team than the 2014 Dallas Cowboys. I mean, like, like I think people forget. Like, I mean, just go look at who was on the team two years ago three years ago and see how many players truly still were on the team from then and now. Like it's almost, McLean. I mean, the team's almost completely <laughs> turned over. And, and, and my point oh, is, yeah. is that, is that this uh, f- you know, false narrative that they can't get over some hump because last year their rookie quarterback lost a playoff game. Like, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I shouldn't even phrase it like that because, God, people will jump all over that. Uh, no, because last year the team lost a playoff game, the, their first playoff game. I mean, I just don't think that one year is is a trend, you know. And I and I think that I think that this isn't the same. You know, this is still a team in the process of rebuilding and turning over. You know, 
roster nonsense that has been haunting them for 10 years. And, and I think that... But I, isn't Jason Garrett so, somewhat a part of that? Because he's been here since 2007. Yeah, and he should be, and he should be like, you know, uh, you know, given credit for his successes there and for his failures. Because that's the thing about this is that... Is that it's true. That, I mean, he's done all this, and you're right. He hasn't won a Super Bowl in the last 10 years, but he also hasn't lost a ton of games when he had a decent team around him. Again, I, I go back to the, I go back to, to the situation where look at Jason Garrett's record when he has a starting quarterback. They they go into these games prepared. They win games on the road all the time. They 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 win games when they when they have difficult situations, uh, uh, you know, uh, facing them. Whether it's you know uh, you know the normal nonsense that pops up because they're the Dallas Cowboys or you know whatever else. Again, what I need out of my head coach is I need my head coach to, in spite of. Everything else is going out on around them, and in the Dallas Cowboys, they suffered the worst from any other team in the league. I think that is undisputed as far as nonsense goes on, and Jason Garrett still consistently and I, and I will and I will point to this again, consistently brings his teams to play and to win, even during the season when we didn't have Romo. You know, they those teams still showed up to play. When they had no chance because the talent disparity was ridiculous, you go back and watch those games. Those teams still showed up to play. So, I, you know, I think that this again, this whole idea that that I think people are becoming insanely impatient on something that requires patience. I think that everyone wants to talk about New England Bill Belichick without talking about Cleveland Bill Belichick. They want to talk about uh, you know Seattle Pete Carroll before they want to talk about New England Pete Carroll. And they don't want to talk about the lessons that those franchises learned by letting go of good coaches early, and I, and I think that what and I, and I don't think that Garrett's situation is even comparable to that because he's had more success than they did at, at those places early on. So I all think, right. So let me ask you this then: What may are we sure? Okay, and I know this is a tough one, but are we sure that he is the next? Pete Carroll, Bill Palachuk, or is he just going to be the next Marvin Lewis where, you know, every year you're going to be competitive but never going to be good enough? No, no. Or even Andy Reid. Even Andy Reid's a great example because Andy Reid has had his teams competitive every single year, but he hasn't been able to get them over the hump. So go ahead. Just give me your quick thoughts on that. I mean, I think is uncertainty that he's Bill Belichick a fireable offense? Of course not. Of look, course not. I mean, look at I, again. I, I, I don't look at like. I think we should judge him by you know what the what 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 the expectation is, and and the expectation is for him to win games with with as best he can with the, with the team that's provided for him. Now, if you want to talk about the front office and the inability of them to provide a defense at, at times when Romo was around, we can have that conversation. But, but as far to be but, fair. To be fair, he is also a part of those conversations on how to build that defense. I mean, we know that he was responsible for the Taco Charlton pick this year. But what do you? So th- but, li- but what do you think he's more responsible for the the acquisition of those players, or about those players, the ones that he had a hand in, but not the lead hand in of getting and taking those players to the field and winning the games on Sunday, which is what he has shown to be able to do when he has a, a starting quarterback with him. I mean that's fair. It's a great question. I think if if you're gonna blame, 
if you're going to blame him for that, which I think is fair, blame him at a, an appropriate percentage. Because, I, sure. you know, I mean, you need to go to Stephen Jones before you go to, to Jason Garrett. We need to have a conversation about Will McClay. And and I, the the mm-hmm. name the name who shall not be approached by Cowboys fans. But if you're going to come at Jim, Jason Garrett, well, I, I mean, I'm just saying, if you're going to come at Jason, no, it's Garrett, fair. It's I think it's fair. fair. I mean, if you're going to come at Jason Garrett for talent acquisition on the defense, you know, you better your name, Stephen Jones, Will McClay, and and Rod Marinelli's name better be coming out of your mouth first, because you know those are the guys who probably have. As much, if not more, hand in the pl- players that are being a- acquired on that side of the ball, the problem, the problematic side of the ball. So I, I think you know, I think that if you're going to give him, if you're going to blame him for that, make sure you're also giving him a large percentage of the credit where of all the good things he's done, where which include you know winning the ball games despite not having the the best defense in these last few years. All right, let's tie a bow on this really quickly. Do you see any scenario? Let me let me rephrase that. Any realistic scenario in which Jason Garrett does not survive this season? I mean, if they if they go four and twelve, do you think he still has a job in twenty eighteen? I mean, I think that it would have to again. Like I, the hypothetical thing is tough because I, I think the context matters a lot, especially when you're talking about a, a head coaching job. I think it really, really does right. matter. It, I, I, I think if, if there's a ton of injuries, it's probably, he's probably going to be safe, yeah, but if but, it's just, they're not playing well, that I mean, well. I, I don't even know that. I, again, I think like, I, I think that again, like if he's lost the team, if they're not buying into what he's doing anymore, which I mean, I've shown, I've heard, I've seen none of that. None. So, I, you know, these guys fight for him still all the time. And that has never wavered. So, you know, until I start seeing a sign of that, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't even want to have this conversation again. <laughs> like, it's it's silly. It's it's it really is to me. It, it's it's silly because I, I think that I think that what his specific job does is uh, what his job description. He does his job very well. All right, let's pause real quick to tell you about my bookie. My bookie has been in the business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing absolutely nothing. And they have the fastest payouts, just two business days. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting the most rewarding player perks in the business and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit with an up to 100% bonus. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, two quick questions and then we'll get out of here. Uh, The first thing, and this isn't just based on the first five games or the next couple. Long-term, we'll say the next five years. What do you think the biggest strength of the Cowboys is heading into the next half decade? Hmm. I mean, as as far as like the organization, or as far as like, I'll, I'll you take you, it wherever you, 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 you organization go. Organization or all right, that's fine. I'll, I'll just say on offense. I'll, that's kind of where I think they're going to be always good because they're going to invest money on their offensive line. We know that they're going to do that. They've got a quarterback that they really believe in. And it's pretty clear over the last, I mean, really since the end of 2013, that this team is going to be able to run the ball. So I think they're always going to have a balanced offense. that's going to be able to put up points 
uh, in every single game. They're going to have the games where they they waver and they you know they struggle against better defenses, and they got to figure out ways you know to stop or to produce against some of the top defenses. But I'm confident over the next few years that they're always going to be a top. 10 to 12 offense because of the quarterback and because of how many resources they're kind of pumping into that offense. They know that their defense is always going to be uh, a spot that they've got to kind of hide a little bit. But the reason is because they spent so much money on offense and they're doing a fantastic job of drafting pieces and bringing in pieces around Dak Prescott to make sure that he succeeds. They've got a brilliant mind in Scott Linehan. I think he knows Prescott very well. I think he knows how to create a scheme that is good for him. And I'm actually I'm not excited, but I'm very interested to see what he does with Prescott in the next six games if Elliott does not play. I think that's going to be huge for Prescott because we're going to see a lot different type of offense. We're going to see Linehan really work his magic here in the next couple of months. So I, overall, I, I just think the balanced offense is always going to keep the Cowboys competitive. Now that I kind of take it, take it that way, what do you think about their strengths? <laughs> I mean, I, I, first of all, I'm asking who this guy is and, and what did you do with Marcus? Uh, well, but, they do I mean, a couple you, things, right? Come I on mean, now. you just told me that you didn't think that uh, – you just called Scott Linehan brilliant, but you don't think he's a top five offensive coordinator no. at the same for us? Because, be, well, because I think he's really good with quarterbacks. I think that's always something he's been good with is developing quarterbacks. But I do think there are times – and we've seen it in the second half this year where they kind of bogged down. I, I don't think his brilliance always translates into the, onto the field, but for the most part, they know how to put up points. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I, 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 t- I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I tend to agree, and I, and I would, def- I would define it as like their, uh, their team blueprint, their, their game blue, their winning blueprint is, you know, like the, the way that they want to win games, I think is an established good way that they can do. And I, I think, you know, the idea of running, running the ball, uh, dominating time o'clock, I think they have a, a scheme, uh, both offensively and defensively that can, uh, help that. I just think that they're not at where they need to be talent-wise at certain spots. And I think that, you know, in an effort to continue to try to get younger, um, they're, they're, they're still working on that. I think they have an incredible young core that fits um, a lot of what they want to do. Um, and I think that that, you know, you've got a, you've got a, a, a Pro Bowl level, and I, I mean, whatever that means, quarterback who is 25, 24 years old, and uh, you've got a long time with him, and I think he fits the system that they want that they that they're running with him. And I think that's only going to get better as they tailor it to his 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 strengths more. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of things to think are uh, the strength of this team. But I, I think that if you just want to talk about like a scheme that works and uh, a young core that can run it, uh, I think that that is I think that's something that the Cowboys can build on. All right, now I mentioned what I thought their biggest weakness is for the next few years in their coaching staff. What do you envision as their biggest weakness that they have to improve on in the next few uh, seasons if the Cowboys truly want to be that consistent team year in and year out? Well, I think, you know, look, I mean, you talk about, you know, you talk about talent acquisition. I think that, you know, the one hole, the, the glaring holes in their talent acquisition are at positions where, they uh, are extremely difficult to acquire without uh, draft capital that they necessarily haven't had at, at different points. 
um, because of of you know they've been victims of their of their own success it, it, to a, to a large degree. I mean, part of the problem in uh, well, I, I won't even call that. It's just that outside of the twenty you know fifteen season. They haven't had any truly terrible seasons, you know, in a while. So that that didn't provide for them a lot of opportunity to, um, you know, to get those kind of, you know, top of the draft type players. And, and I guess really we're talking about pass rushers here. You know, I mean, and, and like you know, the problem they face is the problem that you're seeing. You know, teams like New England and other teams like that start having start having to get more creative with, and that's you know, that how do I get, how do you get pass rushers when you're never picking in the top half of the draft? And can um, I can I add a real quick point? They've been just kind of lucky on some of them. So they take a they take a chance on a guy like Randy Gregory, and that doesn't work out. No, yeah, but Seattle absolutely. takes a chance on no, Frank Clark. Se- Seattle, and that no, seems like it works and, out and, and, really listen, well for them. And I was just going to point out Seattle. If you remember too, they also got Cliff Averill and um, Jason. Um, what's his name? All, both in the same season. Uh, in that one year where they got two guys who had Michael eight, Bennett. Well, it was Michael Bennett as well, and it was the third guy as well. They got like three defensive linemen in that one offseason where for some reason the, the defensive uh, – the pass rusher market was weirdly suppressed. If you remember, I think it was 2013 maybe? or 2012. 2012? 2012, maybe. Yeah, yeah, like it yeah. was like, so the weirdest, crazy. Jason Jones, that's who it was. They got Jason Jones yep. uh, and Michael Bennett and and uh, and Cliff Averill all for pennies on the dollar – and and then you know once you got got guys like like that in your house and you've and they start producing it really isn't hard to hold on to them because whatever they're worth you just pay them because they're worth it and so I think the problem is getting your hands on those players and getting them on the field to produce like paying them isn't a problem like I mean I think that's a that's a luxury that everyone would love to have and that's I think I think that Cowboys fans forget is that the same problem that you know they blame the, the salary cap is that because the Cowboys have drafted really well and they keep wanting to re-sign their players but the problem is the one spot they haven't had is 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 clearly pass rushers so um, I think that the blind spot is is that kind of thing is the is what is the the loophole to kind of maintaining a, a level of serious success. I mean, I think that the loophole there is that it's some things are more difficult to to acquire without you know uh, any without you know long term access to that level of draft capital, and and I think that. The Cowboys need to find a way to work around that. You know, they've tried to by being more and more, um, you know, more and more uh, accessible to, uh, to, uh, or you know, available to to more outlets to get the pass rushers. Whether it's you know, unseemly means like Greg Hardy, but I mean, I think that they've tried to make efforts to try to get these guys. But I, you know, it's it's you have to be unconventional and it's not going to work a lot because the way to get these guys, unfortunately, is to draft them and to hit on them up high. Well, yeah, you're seeing that with New England right now. That's they can't find a pass yeah. rusher. No, I mean, that's what, I, that's because, what I've been saying. Yeah, it's, go ahead. I was going to say, they, they can't find one because they're never drafting high enough, and they don't have the cap space to go out and get them because teams aren't letting good defensive ends hit the market. So yep. they're current, kind of running into the same exact problem. So um, that's it for today's show. This edition of the Locked on Cowboys podcast was brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Get into all the action with MyBookie, where they'll match your deposit with an up to 100% bonus. Just make sure you use that promo code LOCKEDON 
And make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Hit us up with a five-star review. And if you leave a review and your Twitter handle, you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus Ed subscription. We'll be back on Wednesday to start our preview on the Cowboys game against the 49ers. We'll fill you in on Ezekiel Elliott and all the things going on with him. But thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.